Fellas, 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 how was y'all weekends, man? What's, we we going to start with Chris, because Chris, I, I heard you got into some pretty good stuff out there in Massachusetts. What was you on this weekend, man? Man, I was chilling. I um, worked out, and then I went to go see that Candyman, man. So, uh, that's why. How I was, was that? Actually, you know, people think Jordan Peele movies, y'all know, are not like scary movies. They thrillers. They like like, yeah. like edge of the seat movies. Like, mm -hmm. he wants to give a message. He wants you to try to figure out what his message is. And that movie wasn't really a scary movie. That's why people said it was trash. But the thing is, it was about systematic racism. When you, and I'm not going to give y'all no spoilers because y'all ain't seen it yet. But that's really what it was about. If you really take a deeper a deeper look into it, that's really what it was about, brother. It was telling a story from from 1890 up until now and how nothing has changed. So when y'all go see it, it's, it was a good movie. I liked it a lot, actually, just because of that. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, please, please don't say that out loud because we're going to get hate rated. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't <laughs> mess around like that. You know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's a tough time out here. But anywho, Josh, how was your weekend, man? What, what was you up to? Uh, weekend was cool, man. Just um, had some people come visit. Was chilling, chilling most of the weekend. Uh, we went back to there. went back to the crib Sunday. And then all oh, yesterday I was just, you know, hanging out. Did a little stream to make up for make up for some time I missed last week, but it was a chill weekend. Word, word, word. Sound like that 70s show, just hanging out. You know, down <laughs> hey, the man, it's, it's the same things the same I did thing. last week, bro. <laughs> 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 hey, that show, that show was high key a classic. That hey, that's 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 classic. top five Caucasian sitcoms, bro. That's in the top I'll three for me. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Red was one of the first, uh, one of the first sitcom dads that was like in love with his wife. Like that's one of the first ones yeah. from our generation yeah, that was facts. in love with his wife. Most of the other ones, I mean, we grew up with Al Bundy. Peggy used to be like, "Come <laughs> to the bed, bro. Please leave me alone, Peg. What is the problem? Jesus, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I, I'm like Dr. Umar when it comes to shows, bro. If it, if it ain't no black cast, bro, it's hard for me to watch it all the way. Chris, bro. Chris, you finna get us hate rated. You, you ain't about to. Please. You ain't about to see her. Just no. I mean, King no. I, I mean, I mean, I watch, I watch some of them. I'm not. I'm not. Now gonna listen. Cast so King, of, King of Queens don't bang. I ain't never watched. King it. of Queen had a black dude as the the like second. Never lead. watched it. Never watched. King it. of Queen is goaded. Never watched. Oh my God, Chris. Chris, don't I wasn't a TV guy either, sports. though. I wasn't we a TV guy. We're supposed to be talking about sports, and now we got a question. Now you finna be on the slander hotline. <laughs> now you finna be on the slander hotline. King of Queen. What was it? What was the dude named Deacon? Was it Deacon? Yeah. Deacon, bro. Deacon was the guy. I, I never was a. I never was a TV watcher like that back then. For me, I, though, know, I finally like you was I played too. sport. I played sports so much, like when I was finding time to watch him, I might as well play the game. You feel me? Talking bro, about listen, sitcoms. Listen. Chris, let me find out you was out here watching all of us. You getting slandered. Oh, my I Lord. Know, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that half, is. Dude, you are out of control. <laughs> Let's see, we're supposed to be saying what's up to Blanco and the different people in the chat. And here we are having to slander you for not loving Deacon. Now, come on, man. And also, when we watch these shows, most of us in the middle of the night, my eyes are getting weary. <laughs> My I used to be early too, bro. We knew that that's 11 o'clock. Married with children, you only saw that at like 5 in the morning on TBS. For you get out to the bus stop, you wake up, you know, you got to watch a couple episodes. Anywho, uh, -huh. uh, you know, we, listen, we got some decent things. This It's a slow time in sports right now. We're not even going to lie to y'all. It's a slow time in sports. However, this is really the quiet before the storm. And actually, we forgot one very important thing because it's official the official week one in college football. So we got to talk about that too. But also we got uh, Damian Lillard's help is literally the help. They're the people who should probably be taking out the trash and mopping something or, or you know, maybe they could be accountants or who knows. But these guys, you know, I just I ain't sure about them. So, you know, we, we might have to free Dame. Uh, the YouTube guy is uh, fighting again. And I guess he won this last one. And um, the Ravens lose J.K. Dobbins for the season. Tough blow. We're going to discuss that as well as our NFL season predictions. And we have our inaugural slander hotline. Ladies and gentlemen, we will explain how the slander hotline works later. Also, if you don't identify as lady or gentleman, we're still here for you as well. But, folks, we are going to talk about how the slander hotline works in just a few. But does that sound like a good show to y'all? Ready to yes, go. Yes, sir. 
right, Ben. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that we could produce a show that Chris is worthy of watching because apparently he don't watch nothing no more. But anywho, um, before we get into the show, I've got to do the introductions. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. We got the money man, the man with the play, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Gotten in the building. That is I. And then we got the little old MC, that is me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, fellas, Damian Lillard is in a situation where everybody has felt like all offseason, for some reason, it's very tenuous, and we're not sure on what's going on out there in Portland. We don't know, but we think that they want to keep Dame, and we think that they don't want to blow this up yet. So, in efforts to get Dame help and improve that roster to become a contender, they landed two of the biggest fishes still available on the market. And the master of free throws hasn't missed a free throw in how long? What, what is it? He's, he's going on like, what, four months But I missed a free throw? <laughs> Tony Snell. Tony Snell. And the second best Larry Nance to ever play in the NBA. Larry Nance Jr. Fellas, what, what are these moves? Do these moves tilt the scale at all, or is this like a, yeah, they finna blow this thing up real quick? Josh, I'm going to start um, with you. What you thinking, man? It has to be a thing. It, it has to be something internally within the, the Blazers organization that we don't know publicly to where they already know this thing is blowing up and they already have a plan to either, one, get Dame out of there pretty soon, or two, they know Dame is going to force his way out of there sooner. They know he's not going to be a Blazer very soon. Because when you have a star player like that, it's either it's either two scenarios. Either you communicate with him to get them to trade him to whatever team you want to send. He wants to go to just to be, you know, uh, have have good cachet as an owner or a good rapport as an owner or a general manager, and maybe get something in return to salvage your team. Or the other alternative is you get whatever pieces you have and try to salvage it or flip it for another star or get whatever money you have, which the Blazers don't have much of, to try to get another star via free agency. Um, nothing about this... Nothing about these moves they made even tell me that they plan on being a good team like in a few years. Like The moves they made, the players they got rid of to get the players that they have, are putting me under the impression that the Blazers are like looking to tank and do a process type of rebuild and get as many lottery picks as possible. Like I can't, I can't see a scenario in which they bring Dame and CJ back for an entire season after moving essential pieces that got them, you know, deep playoff runs in the past few seasons. I know they don't have a lot of, a lot of, you know, big stats or to the casual basketball fan, they're not a big name, but like Enos Cancer is somebody you want on your team to be under the rim. If you're trying to make a run in the playoffs. And to give players up like that in order to get in return Tony Snell and Larry Nance Jr., who, I mean, Larry Nance Jr.'s biggest career highlight was he he dunked on Kevin Durant like four years ago, and he's averaging four points a game. And Tony Snell is literally, Tony Snell is literally a meme. He, he's a meme for playing 28 minutes a game and having zeros across the across the box score. First of all, we not go disrespect the god Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> he is averaging last season he averaged, I want to say, what was it? Nine? Nine point yeah, he averaged nine points last year. All right. So we not gonna disrespect the second best Larry Nance to ever play in the NBA. I, I didn't know that was a tipping point in order to, to, to get the Blazers <laughs> where they needed to go. No, it it's just a matter of logically I can't make sense of these moves unless before the season starts or sometime during the season, uh, both Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are going to be out of there and they plan on doing uh, a rebuild to the point where they're trying to get the worst, where they're trying to get the worst record every season. You know what, though? I, I, I'm going to just say this, and I don't want to be this guy because Chris started off the episode of his Dr. Zip Martip, and I don't want to go here, but why they got to do Chauncey like that, man? Why y'all... <laughs> Why, why would you put him in this position where your first major moves with him as your head coach is getting rid of your two best players? Come on, dog. Come on. That, whew, that's hey. tough. Chris, what you think about these moves, man? 
Well, I don't think it's going to be a Rockets situation like they did Steven Silas. Um, and, and, and to be fair, to be fair, uh, Tim Ferdito and uh, Rafael Stone, have, they've been backing Steven Silas. They've been telling him, like, no, he's our coach of the future. We just had a rough time right now. He's our guy. Like, this this is our guy. He's a win-now coach. So we're going to ride him out. We're going to help him develop some players. And this is going to be our guy. So to be fair. On the other hand, I think Portland finally woke up, if you ask me. The moves that they've made tell me they're okay with being a middle-of-the-pack team. I don't think they're going to trade Dane. I don't think they're going to trade CJ. And I don't think they're going to trade Nurk. I think that they're going to try to do is move some pieces to make it seem like they're building around Dane. It's not going to be until Dane wakes up and say, listen, if I stay here, I will be a ringless superstar. And I need to leave. But I don't think Dame is, he's not built for that. Like, let's be honest. Dame I mean, is a loyal young man. Even with this roster they have right now and the moves they made this offseason, are the Blazers middle of the pack? Are they making the playoffs this They're season? a 6, 7, or 18. I was just about to say, I don't know if middle of the pack describes this. I don't know they're if they're a making a playoffs. Seven, if you got Damian Lillard, you're a 6, 7, or 18. I don't care what team you put Damian Lillard. As much so. respect as I have for Dame, I don't think in a Western Conference he's a transcendent enough of a player to take a garbage roster you to got, the You got Dame, CJ, and Nurky, bro. Them three alone is a 6, 7, 18, bro. You put them so, three on any so team, they're 6, this. 7, 18. Bro. So let me ask you this, okay? Who do you take out of the playoffs last year that made it to put it in the Blazers? Uh, the Grizzlies. Grizzlies I, got better. I I was just about to say the Grizzlies just by the fact that they got. I mean older, the the the, bla- the Blazers was in the playoffs last year, so I mean. I, no, I, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're you're very correct there. You're very correct there. They were in the playoffs last year. However, with some of the moves that some of these teams made, they get better. I listen. Would you be surprised if the Warriors overtook them? I think that most people can agree with Clay coming back. They're probably not, the better. Clay, it's been reports. It's been reports. Clay might not even come back till Christmas. So I mean, I I'm, I'm willing to bet you this. Even with Clay coming back at Christmas, I bet they finish with a better record than the uh, than the Trailblazers. I'm, well, I'm willing to bet. Well, you that. only reason why, I think it could possibly lead to a James Harden situation where Dame starts the season ready to go, and then he realizes, like, look, bro, y'all done traded my guy, Russ. Y'all done traded everybody. We don't really have no bench. Like, we don't have a young team. We don't have no picks. I'm ready to get up out of here. I think it could be a situation like that. But as of right now, the Blazers are currently uh, currently constructed a middle-of-the-pack team. They're a team that will be either be in the play-in tournament or be one seed away from the play-in tournament. And I, and, and I can see that. I can see that. So, but to me, if, I think they're comfortable with that. Here's here's my take on this thing, right? When I'm looking at Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, right? Dame is 31, CJ is 29. This team, they know that their window here, here. So I think that realistically, like you said, they woke up. They know. I I think that we agree that they woke up, but I think that it's an opposite ends of the spectrum here because I think they're going right. everybody everything must go fire sale what you want what you I, want I, I don't think it. I, I don't think here. so I, I think it's going to be a, a trade deadline if anything they're going to try to see how they could salvage the season under Chauncey Billups make something better but other than that they're going to try to do it if it don't work then a trade deadline then we might see some dominoes fall but as currently constructed they're going to stay like this to me it, I think it depends on how, how they do up before the trade deadline because if they're 10 or 11 around when the trade deadline is hitting, oh, it's fire sale. Everything must go. There's there's no way that they're going to keep this team together. And, and I don't think they'll ever be that low, though, unless they hurt. I don't. I But, I mean, it's the Trailblazers. It's them being hurt. Like, the Trailblazers got to be one of the most snake-bitten franchises of all time. So, like, the Trailblazers being hurt is like, oh, well, I mean, that's if the Pistons take on a bad contract, like, they're going to be in trouble financially. Like, well... Looks like the Pistons gonna be in fi- trouble financially soon because they gonna do it every time. I just, it, you know. So with this being said, what do y'all think Dave's legacy will be as far as like in in fifteen years when people think about Dave? What what do you think the narrative around him will be? Um, in in the, an efficient scorer, 
who, because of the legacy of the, that the internet will give him, he'll always be remembered because he has arguably the most legendary game winner in, in NBA history, right? So his legacy will live on through that one clip, but I think he's one of those players who will be exciting to watch during our time. Not a transcendent player, but a perennial all-star who we remember now or we'll be telling, you know, we'll be telling, uh, you know, kids, hey, Dame was great, or y'all don't know about Dame because y'all young bloods, but, like, it, it, we'll, we'll look at Dame the same way that people 15 years ago was looking at a player like, uh, Trying to, try, I'm trying to think of a great player that we just like. I got, I got, I got a player. Who? He's on TNT every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Kenny or Charles? Charles Barkley. That's how we we look at Dame. Oh, I don't think Dame, Dame is was, that good. But no, what? I don't think Dame what? is that good. Who we? Ooh. I, I Ooh. think Dame is on the level where Ooh. it's like he, if he played in a different era. He could have been a starting point guard on a championship team. I'll tell you this much. I think at the height of his powers, I think Barkley was better at the height of his powers. But, like, if we talking about, like, full body of work, I'm, I'm not. I mean, if we if we talking in terms of remembering him as a player, if oh, we talking yeah. in terms of remembering him, like, for example, the, in, the, in the chat, we got yeah. Reggie Miller. I was thinking Reggie Miller. But at the same nah, time, Reggie, 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 Reggie better than both to me. Reggie Miller is a god. In Indiana, Damian yeah. Lillard will never have that respect in Portland, which is why I what? Him on yes, the same he will. Uh, no, excuse he, me. No, he, he won't. Excuse me. No, he won't. No, he won't. Before we continue this any further, Reggie Miller. If Steph Curry is never born, Reggie Miller goes down as the greatest shooter in NBA history for at least right. another fifteen to twenty years. So let's let's pump the brakes comparing him to Reggie Miller. Now that's right. that's a tough one. All right, I'm about to say. But him up against Barkley, I think that's favorable for Dave. Only only Dave. thing Barkley got over him is an MVP. Look, only in thing. terms in terms of overall career, and if you look at their stats and everything at the end of the day, you can make the comparison that Dame may have a similar career to Barkley, right? Right. But at the same time, Barkley's star power has already surpassed anything that Dame will ever be able to do, which is why 15, if Barkley wasn't Jordan Fran and loud mouth and the fat guy that we all laugh at on TV, we wouldn't have known who Barkley was 15 years after he retired. Regardless how many albums he drops or outside of that game winner that he has on YouTube, we're not going to remember who Damian Lillard is in 15 years if you're not a diehard basketball fan that's watching right now. And that's a uh, fact because I, I didn't watch my first Charles Barkley game until 2017. Like, do you know a great uh, player who snuck in a ring at the end of his career and you can consider him maybe the greatest defender of all time, but no one ever talks about him? Gary Payton? Damian Lillard can be Alonzo Mourning. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Because if you watch Zoe play, he was a dog, but 15 he years after. Yeah. He, he, Alonzo Mourning retired, what, 06, right? Yeah. Fifteen years later, when is the last time you heard somebody say Alonzo Mourning? Uh, you know, you know, unless it's in the you know, bar, Alonzo actually, Mourning do not come up often. Actually, 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 and you know what's crazy? Alonzo Mourning not far off, but Rip Hamilton, another one. Well, I don't think on, Rip is as on, good as, as Dane. He not, he not, on. but wait, wait, but he's wait, somebody. Wait, wait, wait. He's wait, somebody wait, wait. that's always in a okay. rap lyric. We, He's somebody that's always around, in a rap lyric. We playing around with these shooters now. We playing around. Ray Allen? Who? Ray Allen is Jesus Shuttlesworth. Cut it uh, off. No, no. Listen, <laughs> listen. Ray, Ray Allen, Allen got the clutchest shot in he got NBA the history. Shot in, bro, people, there are anybody who, the people who hate LeBron a lot will tell you, they will swear by Ray. If it was not for Ray Allen, LeBron would have no rings. They will swear by that. Like, you know, Ray Allen was uh, Ray Allen is another one that he was up there with Reggie Miller in terms of knocking down threes. You can, mm-hmm. eh, but I, I I'll tell you this. For me personally, if if I'm talking about where I rank Dame all time, I don't think that he clears the top fifty. I don't think he clears the top fifty all time. But I think I think that in this current iteration, he just he just was super unfortunate. It just was super unfortunate. Because if you really think about it, right? Again, if this is a guy that if anything had happened, if we look at the Trailblazers when it was 
uh, him, CJ, and LaMarcus Aldridge, right? If we look at those trailblazers and we say, what if they were around in a year like 2020 where, like, everything was kind of wonky and you knew they weren't one of the last four teams for last year? They would have a shot at winning this chip. They would absolutely have a yeah. shot because the Suns this year, I mean, I'm sorry. All respect to Monty Williams. All respect to CP3. Devin Booker took Kylie to Michigan. He a legend for that, allegedly, according to some people. So, you know, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. But, I mean, I, that, I think that that was as good as they were going to get when they were, like, competing with the Rockets and they were they put the Rockets out that year and then they immediately got put out the next round. But I don't think that was ever going to get better than that. I, and, and you, I got a question for y'all. What teammate would Dame need to get over the top? Because it's always they always throw Dame and Trace in there and say he'd be good here. We know Dame would fit good anywhere because of his play style. Yeah, but Dame I, I, I think I think Dame needs a legitimate wing to be the best he can be. Like Dame, a big man, if he went over to Philly, like everybody keep trying to make him go, I don't think him and Embiid really that scary. I I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I don't. Dame is. Dame's skill set is versatile enough to me to where if you put him with either a big that is a, a just if you put him with an Embiid, I think Philly is now the front runner to win the championship. If you put him with a wing that is a do it all guy, because don't get me wrong, I think the Dame is an immensely talented point guard, but because of his size, he's, I mean he's he's pigeonholed into certain things like you. At, no. the, at the end of the day, Dame Litter is how tall? 6'2"? Six six, yeah, 6'2", six, yeah, 6'3". Six, six, yeah. He's not a big, stocky guy either. So you're going to have problems defending and problems rebounding based off that alone. Like that's, as a guard, you're not going to be good at those things if you don't have extraordinary length or both. Y'all, so, y'all going to call me crazy, but do you know who the Blazers should have went and got just based off their play style, how they rebound the ball, how they move the ball, how they can move around screens, who they should have went after a few seasons when the, when the sweepstakes was out there. Clay Thompson? I think, I think it would have helped them a lot in the bubble and this season if at the three the Blazers had Paul George. Mm. I mean, and you know, the, I, I think of somebody that I, the person I got in my mind that Dame would just play extremely well with, like this would be a duo made from heaven. If you put Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard on the same team, both of their motors, and Jimmy will make up for all the defense Dame doesn't play. Yeah. And Dame will make up for all three-point shooting that Jimmy doesn't shoot. They will be perfect. They will be the perfect symmetry together because just how they, how they hunger for the game, how they study the game, and how they feed off each other energy. I think Jimmy Butler is the guy that's Dame's perfect match in the league. Paul George is another one, but I like Jimmy a little bit better than Paul George, just strictly off the fact Jimmy in the clutch in the playoffs, you can rely on him. But Paul George, yes. If they would have got Paul George at that time when he was up there, when he wanted to leave but Indiana. You, that, I, that, I don't I don't know. That Paul George sweepstakes wasn't really a it sweepstakes, wasn't a sweepstakes if yeah, you he, really think about it. Because both of the control. places he went, exactly, both of the places he went, it was instantly like, it was no like, oh yeah, like with Ben Simmons, there's clearly a sweepstakes. Multiple right. teams are involved. It's who brings the best. Every time Paul George moved, it was like, all right, this team just lost. Paul George is here now. All right, this team just lost. Paul George is here now. And that was just it. But yeah, that absolutely would have been a, a good thing for him. And you know what? This is another thing that we forgot, but we got to talk about it. Um, we were just talking about size and, and great players and, and all that. So we got to, Allen Iverson, right? One of the greatest basketball players of all time. He's a guy most people would have in their top 25, 30, I would say, right? I think that's yeah. fair. Top 25, 30 player for most people. Maybe even higher for some, for, for others. But um, Allen Iverson, if you watched any documentary on him, you know he was a dog on the football field as well. And in the interview on uh, with Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay, Allen Iverson, when asked the question, how good would you have been if you would have played football? He said, this is not me, you know, no no cocky, no arrogance, but I would have been way better at football than I was at basketball. Um, do y'all agree with that? Do you do you agree with that? Chris, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? I mean, I think he would have been a good player because he was an All-American in football uh, mm-hmm. in high school. But 
the the knowledge of the game when you get past high school is is tremendous. Like like you have to really know the game. As we talked about last week, everybody didn't listen. Go listen to our episode last week. You got to really know the game when you get up there. And when you play in high school, you don't necessarily, you know you you could be good without knowing the game, and you could be good in the pros without knowing the game. But for him, his attitude in football. It would have been people going out for blood. He would have been a stake on 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 a, on a plate in football. People would have been going out for him for blood. His attitude, because y'all remember, the media didn't like him because he showed up late to interviews. He wore whatever, do rag on. He started that the big team and, and, and baggy and you jeans. Can, you can get away with that in basketball. You get away in with football, that football, football, especially in the nineties. Listen, 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 listen. Trey Palomalu would have seen him at at, at quarterback, running back, with receiver. And would have knocked him on his back. Now, the position that he was best at was cornerback. Exactly. That's where everybody wanted to play at. at oh, God, corner? the see is awful. That is so awful. Yeah, at corner. That's where everybody said, like, he was going to be generational at corner and punt return. Mm. I could see I, him being a, a, a Deshaun Jackson type. You know what I mean? Here, here's, here's what I'm going to tell y'all. I 100% agree with him. I agree with this man wholeheartedly let me tell you why the one thing that i just talked about that is a limiting factor for dame right size it was the same thing for ai i think we can all agree yeah he could he had everything else he could shoot from anywhere on the court and you were like yeah he got a good chance of going in amazing handle great ability to finish around the rim he was even a better passer than people give him credit for it's just eric snow was his second in command so (laughs) like you're gonna have problems there with all disrespect to Eric Snow, because, yeah, it's Eric Snow. But with that being said, um, do you know how tall the average NFL cornerback is today? I'm going to give him six foot even. 5'11". 5'11". And most corners don't have very long, super long Yeah. Arms. Ray Allen was six feet tall. I mean, um, Allen Iverson was six feet tall with very long arms. And he Allen was Iverson so- was not six feet tall. He okay. Either way, he was building six feet tall. I've met okay. Iverson in person. I'm six feet. That man is not six feet. So, so how tall is he in person? Five ten at best. Okay, so five ten at best. Again, you're one inch shorter than the average person who plays yeah. that position. And you have at corner. If your wingspan is like that, the height don't matter because you can. True. A taller True. receiver. Yeah, like, large hands for size too. Exactly. A taller receiver is not going to just tower over you because you you got the ability to reach in there and break it up. Right. And his ability to quick twitch at corner, that's all that that and the ability to understand uh, different passing concepts and all that. Like, yeah, you got to study the game and all that. But I mean, Iverson brought up a great point. He said, if I would have stuck with football, my body would have been different. I would have lifted more. I would have got bigger and stronger. Like, I True. hey, listen, if you watch him in high school. When he played football, that man was he was different. There was nothing that he couldn't do on that field. So I'm just I think that there's there's an argument for him being as good, if not better, as a football player than he was at uh at, at basketball. Like people love talking about, oh, LeBron was billed as one of the top receivers in the state. Allen Iverson was billed as one of the top players in the country at at any position that he wanted to play, except quarterback, because for some reason back then weren't a lot of quarterbacks that were his size, you know. That's a different, different time, different era. But yeah, it's, I'm just saying. So it's a thing to think about. There, it's a thing to think about um, with with Allen Iverson. And now we got to move on to a, a very fun subject to talk about, you know, because Josh is wearing a wrestling shirt right now, and a lot of people say it's fake and it's all this and all that. But we we know for the most part it's just scripted, which is what a lot of people are accusing this Jake Paul. And Tyrone Woodley fight a beat. So, uh, Jake Paul beats Tyrone Woodley by split decision. And no, I don't want to be talking to y'all about this today, but alas, it's a sports show. It's the biggest thing in sports. Josh, is it scripted? You watched the fight. I'm not going to lie to you. I intentionally avoided that fight because I said this is going to end one of two ways. Woodley is going to kill that man or it's going to be he did not want to kill that man. So, so, one, yes, it's scripted. Two, Jake Paul made me some money last night. Right? Also, here's the reason why you scripted, the reason why I know the Paul brothers are going to keep winning these fights. And 
um, it's, it's going to keep going on until the money slows up. So regardless of how much, just from a technique standpoint of somebody that's, that's had experience fighting, uh, Jake and Logan Paul, when I look at them in ring, they're, they're not bad boxers technically. I can tell they've been in the gym. I can tell they put in the work. I can tell they've been around, around professionals where they had a proper technique. So if they were, you know, amateur boxers and they were going against people with similar experience, they would probably be getting some wins, right? But nothing prepares you for these fights uh, more than experience. So when you're out there fighting Mayweathers and you're out there fighting Tyron Woodley's, you're out there fighting people who have been through the trials and tribulations of these fights, you're you're not going to be able to go out there and get wins against them in realistic situations. But here's the reason why they keep winning these fights. The more they fight, the more we talk about it on social media, the more they charge for these pay-per-views, the more cachet is going to build, and the more money are surrounded by these things. Tyron Whitley made around $5 million last night for that fight. I don't know if you know what the average salary is for UFC fighters, but unless you're John Jones, unless you're Conor McGregor, you're not getting paid. The average UFC fighter makes one hundred and forty dollars a year. So you mean to tell me if you spent all of this time doing these six-month training camps, going out there for a fight, spending all this time away from your family for 140 k before the taxes, you got a mortgage, you got a house, you got this, you got that, you're putting your body through through these things to where, honestly, the payoff for it is not that high. So you mean to tell me if, if hey, listen, Tyron Woodley's been retired for MMA for five years and he's not, he doesn't have that much money left, it's not like he's a household name and we say hey that's tyron woodley on the on the gatorade commercial hey that's tyron woodley that's on this so it's not like he has the endorsement money rolling in so if somebody walked up to you and say hey here's five million lose to this youtuber make it look good he's not taking that money I'll tell you what, if somebody told me I gotta catch a twelve to six elbow from John Bones Jones for 140k, I'll pass. I'll pass. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good. Honestly, the surgery that it's gonna take to like reconstruct all this, like hey yeah, just go ahead in there with Chuck Liddell for 140. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do what? <laughs> hey, hold on, bro. Hold on. Now if you tell me hop in the ring with Logan Paul for five M's, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. How can I read with Jake Paul five in? Like, do I get paid more if I win? Like, how does this work? Like, nah, you get paid more if you lose. Well, I'm gonna take the greatest dive y'all have never seen, boy. <laughs> right. I'm be hey, hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and have a Denzel performance too. Y'all gonna think he was really beating me up. I'm gonna get okay. up an eight count every okay. time. <laughs> hey, y'all gonna I'm in the ring. <laughs> come on, Jake. Come on. What do you What do you got? Put him up. Put him up. Mm-hmm. I beat you with one hand behind my back, Jake. <laughs> All right. For five mil, two. Chris, what do you think, man? Is this real? Is it scripted? What's what's happening right now? I, I think it's I think it's real actually. Um Really? Now I, I think it's real only off the fact that you can't go out there and fake it. We saw what happened with Nate Robinson. You mm. know what I mean? That's somebody that faked it. You know, he he thought just because he could hoop that he can go out there and box, you know? And yeah. that's just uh, boxing is just one of those sports. I really think it's just pure pure hands. Like it's just who got the best hands. And it's really, I don't think it's scripted. Now, when it comes down to split decisions like then, the fan favorite typically gets that nod, which in every sport, every sport that happens, the home team typically gets that nod. But as far as pure hands, though, boxing is one of them sports where it's just like, you just can't, you can't really fake it to me. And it's I'll, just. I'll tell you this much. I Like I said, I would never, I would never in my life, there are a few things that you would not hear about Ken Gibbs ever paying for in life, right? Any any YouTuber fighting, I'm not paying money to see that. I'm not. Remember that this, this is a PG show, sir. Uh, okay, well, well. <laughs> now here's here's the interesting thing. This is a PG show. Most of the things that are not PG, I drop a little bread for now. I drop <laughs> that hot little forty dollar button on the ATM machine. They wore out for no reason, but. We gonna keep it pushing. Um, the the fact of the matter is, I there's one of the things is these YouTubers fighting, and this is for a reason, man. I'm not. After I saw that Floyd and uh, who who was it? Floyd and Come. McGregor. Those are two actual fighters. And uh-huh. in the middle of the fight, there was a moment where like Floyd could have like really put that man down. And I'm like, wait, what is he doing? Like, I know that Floyd is a defensive fighter, but like that man just stumbled. 
any anybody who's ever been in a fight, you ain't got to be a professional. You know, if somebody's stumbling, go in for the kill. Statistically speaking, Floyd Mayweather is the greatest boxer of all time. Greatest boxer of all time, statistically. And he when, went. He went the distance with the YouTuber. The fix. Now let in. me tell you. Let me tell you. When Conor McGregor was stumbling in their fight, I was watching it, and I'm like, "Wait, why did Floyd not go in for the kill?" Now none of us are professional boxers. Josh has done some a lot of MMA training and whatnot, but we all know if you got somebody stumbled, if you got somebody that's like, you know, like they looking like they gonna be out of there, you finish them. You mm-hmm. do. Oh, word. All right. Yeah, it's that time. It's that that right hook got him shook. The the left gonna put him down. That's. I mean, Whitley hit Jake Paul with a with a punch last night that had him on the ropes like like Martin against Tommy Hearns and let Ooh. him stand right back up and recover and they just went back to jabbing each other. And that and. Let me tell you, it was after that, after Floyd almost put him down, they smiled at each other in the middle of the fight. And I was like, oh, this is like <laughs> jokes. This is for games. After that, I have never, I will never, unless it's too, y'all, do y'all hear the, the 24 sevens? Did y'all ever watch those on HBO? Yep. The 24 sevens before the fights? Chris, did you ever watch those? Kind of, sort of, not, not really. Not Bro, all of those fights, it was like one super established, like, yeah, I've been the champ for years. You know, everybody know how I get down. I'm the champ for a reason. And then the other dude is just like running in the middle of Nowheresville, Mexico. Like, yeah, this is my village. It's only 12 people here and all of us are below the poverty line. Like, what? Like, that that guy wants to kill you because like he wants to get out of that little village. Like, that is a thing that wants to Everybody in these fights just be like, hey, you chilling? I'm chilling. We good here, but like we could use this 10 mil. Like, we could we could do something with that. Like the 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 fact of the matter is, I until boxing get more of those like real, real fighters that's getting real, real big name fights. Cause also, let's be honest, unless you really like boxing, you're not about to pay $60 to see a boxing match in 2021. Like Come on now. Hey, it's listen, the middle of a listen, 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 listen. Keep it a bean. They ain't going to pay for it, but they're going to watch it. I'm going to say it like that. I know we on Twitch. We can't say certain stuff, but they're going to they gonna watch that fight. They're going to watch that fight. I, you know, I I do not know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I don't participate in none of those illegal activities. But, yeah, no. They, again, I would never. I'm not paying to see none of the fight. If it happens to come up somewhere, you know what I mean? You know, I mean, I, I ain't going to look away, but I surely would never pay a dime to see this. It's starting to get like wrestling. And, like, it's a reason I don't watch wrestling. No offense, Guyton. But it's a reason I don't watch it. Like, the stuff that appealed to me when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, wait, Vince McMahon didn't really die in that limo that blew up. Why am I still watching this? Oh, wait, Kane and Undertaker not really brothers. I don't like this anymore. Like, But at least in wrestling, you get to see somebody get blew up. This one. Exactly. It's, it's like, I, I got to watch y'all. I got to watch a script for y'all to go. I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie, though. I ain't going to lie, though. Wrestling used to have you lit on Friday night. When you see That's boxing what I'm saying. It used to be like. It used to be so good when you believed all of it was real. Like, when you believed that The Rock really threw somebody into a river, you was like, yo, <laughs> this is nuts. This is crazy. Like, 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 and you, like, nobody could tell you it was fake either. It was like, bro, no, it's exactly. not fake, bro. It's real. Exactly. Kind of like how Guy exactly. is not low-key. He had never let you let you say it's 100% fake. I mean, listen. Oh, it's, it's, it's scripted. It ain't fake. Exactly. There's See, certain things I, about it. I, I, I can't fake hitting you in the face with a chair. You just got to eat that, bro. Bro, to no, me, you can have a fake chair, though. <laughs> to me, to me, if they did wrestling, like, hey, listen, I'm going to give y'all weapons. I'm going to tell y'all what y'all can and can't do. Whoever wins and loses, we'll build a storyline around that. Like, go figure it out. I will watch it. I'm not even going to cap to y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That man almost dead. But, like, it's not like that. And that's that's what these fights are starting to get like. And I can't even do it. I can't. At the end of the day, you know, they say, like, oh, it's a win-win because, like, you know, Jake Paul gets paid and Woodley gets paid and the fans get to see some entertainment. No, no, no. This is this is a lose-lose. This is, a, this is just a terrible thing for everybody involved except for Woodley because, like, good for you making more money than you did in your UFC career in, like, 30 minutes. Good for you. Uh, but, yeah, everything else... I ain't watching that nonsense. Just speaking of losing, 
One of the Super Bowl contenders, the Baltimore Ravens lose J.K. Dobbins for the year. Now, they run a power running scheme where, of course, Lamar Jackson is going to be toting that ball a lot, but they also rely on their running backs very heavily. And losing J.K. Dobbins, how much does this hurt this team? Um, While I think it hurts the team immensely to lose them, I, doesn't, I don't think it changes their trajectory for the season. Hmm. Because I think this this offense re- revolves heavily around Lamar Jackson, and I think taking J.K. Dobbins out of it just eliminates the threat of them handing the ball off in a lot of situations where they can hit you with a play action. You don't know if they're handing the ball off. You don't know if Lamar is throwing it. I think it makes their offense a lot more predictable, but I also think the rest of the weapons on their offense is talented enough to get them to initially where I thought they were going to go, which is a division championship game. Conference championship game, sir. Okay, okay. I'm going to just – this is facts over acts, so I'm going to give you all a couple facts about J.K. Dobbins here, okay? J.K. Dobbins led all running backs with six yards per carry last year. <clears throat> However, J.K. Dobbins also was the second leading rusher on that team, 200 yards behind Lamar Jackson. Um, I think that this hurts them. I think that Dobbins is a really good back. I think he's better right. than – a lot of people give him credit for. But also, the running back position is too easy to replace in today's NFL. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, the running back position, it's always new ones that are popping out with 1,000 or 1,200-yard seasons. Like, it's, you know, if you – to me, it's a, it's a handful of backs that, like, if you lose them, it's like, oh, my God, bro, what is going on? How do we replace them? I mean, they definitely can guys. go. They definitely can go sign one of the old guys like that. That's still out there. Because I think uh, I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure. Lamar Miller's still a free agent, or did he sign? End up signing? Uh, I think Lamar Miller signed somewhere. I, I'm I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Uh, I, I thought he was available, but I mean that'd be a good running back that you. I don't think it kills the Ravens' season, but it's gonna make it tough though. Because Dobbins yeah, gets them. They the Ravens sneak a lot of runs on third down. Without Dobbins, you got to rely on Lamar to run the ball a lot more, and that means Lamar going to get hit a lot more. So that's where I think the trajectory will go down a lot because, to be honest with you, I'm a Steelers fan, so it's hard for me to say anything good about the Ravens, but their offense is is, is elite. Their offense is elite. Their defense is always going to be elite. But when you lose somebody like J.K., it makes you puts you in a position, like Guyton said, where – you can be predicted. And, and those teams that you play twice, like the Steelers or the sure. Browns, you play twice, That the Browns got Odell Beckham Jr. back. The Steelers are back to full strength. We had a lot of injuries last year. We got to finally got a running back. James Conner, don't get me wrong, was a great running back. But we got an even better one now. This might be the best one under Tomlin that we've had. I just think the division is just so tough that the Ravens going to struggle a little bit. Like, they, like, you almost have to beat the Bengals twice. And Everybody knows divisional games are tough. Everybody knows. And you have to beat the Steelers. You got to split with the Steelers and Browns both times. So, without J.K., that's going to be hard to do, man. It's going to be hard to do. So. I mean, I you know what? Blanco did make a very good point. Gus Edwards had almost as many yards as bro last year. He was – Gus Edwards was right on his heels. And, honestly, I think that Gus Edwards' inside pounding style contrasted with the things that Lamar can do on the perimeter. I think that's – Again, that's it's just the nature of the running back. I, I will say it sucks, yeah, but I will say Lamar gonna have the ball a lot more because of this. So Blanco, just uh, what you asked me earlier, I'm going to over for a lot of Ravens game because that ball gonna be in the air a lot more, <laughs> and Lamar gonna be dancing in the end zone a lot more. So I'm going over for a lot of Ravens game. You know what's crazy? The the difference in rushing yards between Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins was significantly lower than the difference between J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, I think they'll be all right. I I don't see a world where they're like, ah, we can't function no more because, like, uh, J.K. Dobbins is out. I mean, and also, with the help they got Lamar on the perimeter, with the receivers they got this year in the draft, I, listen, I was huge on Bateman because every corner you talk to that played Rashard Bateman, if you ask them, who was the guy that was hardest to cover? Almost all of them say, "Yeah, that that kid from Minnesota. It's nothing you can do with him. It's he's 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 a problem." 
And then uh, the the gentleman from um, from Oklahoma State. I'm I'm struggling to remember his name right now. Either either one of y'all know who I'm talking about. He's uh, Oklahoma State receiver. Got drafted by them. Hmm. Uh, do 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 Let me see. Let me see. What what is his name? I... This past draft. Yeah yeah. This past uh, draft. Uh, Wallace. Yes, Wallace. There we go. Tylon Wallace. He was a guy that everybody had a first round. Everybody said was going to be a first rounder, and somehow he slipped to the fourth. I don't know who he beat up or like what drug test he failed. Football like weird like that, bro. Football but, weird like that. Oh, trust me, I know. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. So you know, I, I think they'll be all right. I really do. Um, wide receiver is a position to me that they had to address. They addressed it in a major way, and also, did y'all see how they back up Huntley from Utah was playing, like? At the end of the day, I think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive with running Lamar because, like, right. you know, it's different when you like, hey, if you get hurt, our offense is toasted. Like, that kid behind them, tell me about him real quick. It's a little different. So, you know, just just my thoughts there. But anywho, uh, speaking of getting our thoughts on these things, let's get our thoughts on the season. Fellas, we already talked about who we had as our champ earlier, but – Let's just one more time before we get into the NFL season full swing. We're going to go over champion, MVP, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and comeback player of the year. So, Josh, I'm going to start with you. Tell me who you got winning those awards, who you got winning it all, and why. Uh, so, I got I got the Chiefs winning it all. That was my early pick. That was my pick before the season started. I think the, the Chiefs got a little more experience and learn from, from what they failed last season. And I think they're far and away the most talented team. I think the only teams that give them some competition is definitely the Niners. And then you can't count out Tampa Bay because even though uh, a lot of people don't share the same ideology, as long as Tom Brady at quarterback and you got some pieces around him, he going to find a way to win. Until I see him not win, I'm going to say that they're going to find a way to win. Um, MVP. This might be a shocker. I don't know if any of y'all share this. MVP, I got Josh Allen winning the beat. Mm, Josh Allen. Really? Yeah, I think I think the beat has had a, a decent dark horse. season. I'm about to go look up his odds. Real quick, <laughs> I might, I I might go Bills, throw a check. <laughs> I think the Bills had a decent season uh, last season, and I think they're going to build on top of that, um, and and he's just going to get – I think the, the Bills have a lot invested in him. I think they're going to give him the right amount of touches throughout the season in order to get the stats that he needs to win the MVP. Actually, um, Josh Allen's the third favorite, tied with Tom Brady. I think he, I think he finished second in voting last season, if I'm not mistaken. Listen, he a plus fourteen hundred. You put a hundred down, audience, you get fourteen hundred back. I'm gonna say this for everybody talking all that mess about oh the NFL has figured Lamar out. I'll say this: one of them did not have Stephon Diggs as a receiver, and the one that did have Stephon Diggs, I'm. I don't think that he'll get any better than what we saw out of him last year. I don't think that there's another level that he has. I think he can be more consistent, but I don't think that he has that in his bag because he's never been that guy. Yeah. He's never been that. But I digress. Proceed. True. Now. I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, if he had a, a similar season to last year, depending on what other players do, I think that's still good enough for him. Oh, absolutely. Season. That's very possible. Yeah. That's very possible. Um, so for uh, for rookie of the year, this is another dark horse. I'm actually going with uh, I'm going with Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. I don't know why you say that, Chris. I don't. Hey, listen. All That's I'm a sleeper, is, bro. He gone. All I'm saying is that offense couldn't even block me on Twitter. And, I know. And. In order for the receiver to get the ball, the quarterback got to be upright. You know what that's, I mean? That's that's the reason I'm going with this. So here's the reasoning. The okay, reason I'm, going right, with Chase, I'm hearing right? you. That offensive line is is awful. I'll say three three worst defensive lines in the league. Only team I can think of that may have a, a offensive line that could possibly be worse is Minnesota. Minnesota's doesn't look that bad because Dalvin Cook makes some magic happen out of the backfield, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I see how much that Cincinnati has invested in Joe Burrow, and it looks like they want. I, I don't. I'm not that high on Joe Burrow, but it seems as if Cincinnati has a lot of stock invested in him, which means he's going to have a lot of opportunities when it comes to throwing the ball. He's going to have a lot of attempts throwing the ball this season, and because of how bad their offensive line is and how many attempts he's going to have at the snap, 
Jamar Chase is a very athletic receiver. He's very fast. So I think in those situations where he's in a pinch and he needs to throw the ball up or he needs to go ahead and just get the ball out of his hands, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks that don't handle, handle pressure well find that favorite receiver that they try to go to every time. So even though he, you know, Joe Burrow may not have the best stats as a quarterback, if Jamar Chase is getting targeted 20 times a game, that's a recipe for him winning rookie of the year. Okay, that I I get your logic. I get your logic. Okay, all right. Well, well, who you got winning defensive player of the year? What you got? Uh, defensive player of the year. I'm going Aaron Donald. Mm, okay, just because it's it's not a lot. I, I was trying to think of dark horses that could come out of, come out of that, but it's just we've seen Aaron Donald be so dominant the past few seasons. I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. And I don't see any, you know, younger players or any dark horse players that's going to be able to to outshine the season. And I think Aaron, Aaron Donald is going to have. Okay, who you, who you got on comeback player of the year? Comeback player of the year, uh, sh- sh- it's a few that I've gone back and forth between when it comes to comeback player of the year. But uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Saquon. Okay, he seems to be the odds-on favorite for a lot of people. Yeah, I think a I think Saquon. I, I think with. Uh, the Giants quarterback situation, even though they are invested in, I don't remember the dude's name, it, the most generic name ever. Was Daniel Jones? Jones? Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. I was going to say Dan Jones as a joke because that's like the most that's generic name, name I could think yeah. of. Yeah, yeah so I, I just think that Saquon Barkley is going to see the ball a lot this season because he, he's a weapon on that offense that can actually like produce some uh, impactful yards for them. Okay. All right, all right. Chris, what you got, man? What you got? Oh, uh, y'all you know who I'm here? going for the champs, man. Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going with Pittsburgh. And that's it's a lot of reasons why. <laughs> I don't want to even get into that. It's, it's a lot of reasons why. All I'm before, saying is, before it, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Gibbs. All I'm saying is Ben don't know uh, how to hold on to the ball, which is very interesting considering the allegations that have been led against them plenty of times. <laughs> Very interesting. But I, I would I was just saying, Chris, before you have your heart make this decision for you, remember what the name of the podcast is. Exactly. Facts. I right, listen, listen, listen. I let my heart talk for me in the beginning of the playoffs last year. I said the Lakers are gonna make it happen, even without AP. They're gonna figure it out. They did not, in fact, figure it out. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I think this year Big Ben is determined to retire. So I think he going to play his hardest, and we're going to see Big Ben of old. We got the receiver core. We got the defense back healthy. I honestly truly think this is still this year, and Big Ben going to retire at the end of the year. That's honestly what I think. Man. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So you think they're still going to win the championship. Who you got winning the MVP? <sighs> I mean – I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I think Matthew Stafford. Hey man. <laughs> hey man. Pack this guy up. Hey, pack him up. Hey, I think <laughs> Matthew Stafford, bro. Hey, I'm tired of hearing about Matthew Stafford. End the show. Josh, listen, roll it, listen, roll it. listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Let me tell you why, bro. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay. Tell you why. I'm listening. Why. I'm hearing y'all. Let me tell you why. I feel you knocking, nephew. He always performed with the Lions, but he just didn't have any talent around. Right, he didn't have a defense to support him, and the times he did have a defense, they did go to the playoffs. But then yeah. the Lions do what the Lions do in the playoffs. However, he has the best, one of the best defenses in the league now. Okay, he got one of the best defenses in the league now. On top of it's a change of scenery. We saw what Blake Griffin did when he left Detroit. Okay, Detroit is just one of those cities where it make you not want to try your hardest for whatever reason. I mean, I mean. Did we see what Blake Griffin did when he left Detroit? Like, come on. Yes, yes. People, people said dunk. people. There people, was one. Dunk. It was a dunk. The next day he got traded, Gibbs. He had there, multiple dunks, but let's just let's just point but, out the fact that it was a dunk after he hadn't dunked in two years. He dunked okay. the very next game. I feel that, but now what else did Blake do that was like, oh man, he didn't do that with Detroit. This is of noteworthy, like. Nothing. I mean, no. Like, he he went back. To, he went back to a, a solid player, even though he's not in his prime. nor he went back to a solid player. Stafford is still in his prime. And actually, if you want to be honest, Gibbs, Vegas got Stafford seventh on the list of favorites to be MVP next year. Man, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. 
Matthew Stafford is going to lose people a lot of money. I wish that there was a thing you could do in betting where you could like short a bet, like how you do stocks. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can. I, I can show you, you can do that. You can, yeah, you can. Oh, do that. oh my God. I need to make some. Let me explain something to people about Matthew Stafford, right? I rock with Matthew Stafford. I really think that he's a really good player. I really do. I really do. I think that he's playing with as good of a supporting cast as he's had since. In Detroit, when the, the receiving core was, uh, it was Megatron, Golden Tate, and um, who was their third receiver? Who was their third receiver? I can't remember who the third receiver was then. But they, they receiving core was really good. They had some pretty decent tight ends. Listen, that was a, a good, solid core around him. Everything, he went off for 5,000 yards. He threw for a bunch of touchdowns, all that good stuff. Listen, Titus bro. Young. Titus Young. Oh my wow, Titus Young. What listen, Giz, listen, Giz. Hear me out, Giz. Hear me out, Giz. MVP. Staff, Staff, Stafford had MVP numbers. He just couldn't win. He's always had MVP numbers. He can't win, though. This he has a chance to win, though. He can be a, a, a second, third seed with this team. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The only reason that I'm that I am not further berating you and saying, I, I want you arrested. I want uh, Massachusetts state troopers at your door because there has got to be some type of drugs being peddled to you that Chris, your brain don't need is because the I think the voters are getting voter fatigue with Pat Mahomes. I think right. they're at a point with Pat Mahomes where it's like, all right, bro, if you don't do something like 65 touchdowns, you're not getting MVP. Uh, but I, that's all tough. Right. That's tough. One. Okay. All right, I, I'm done with that one. Who you got winning the uh, defensive player of the year? <sighs> that's a that's a I come I do that one last. I do that. Okay, one last. all right. Well, hey, go in the order you want to go in, man. Go okay, you want to go in. So, uh, Colts of the year. Hey, 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 Kyle Shanahan. I think he'll win Colts of the year. I agree. Okay, I okay, agree okay. okay. That, that wasn't crazy. Exact same page. Okay. Now, rookie of the year, I got two. I can't really decide on. Najee Harris, of course, because I think the center is going to win it all this year. And I think he's going to be a big part of that. But mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, man, dude, the dude is a stud at tight end. Like, yeah. I honestly think he's a he's a receiver in a tight end's body. Like, if he was any smaller, he would be a receiver. Again, like, the dude, him, him and Mike Evans are comparable down to, like, literally 10 pounds. Exactly. He's everything exactly. Mike Evans is, but faster and ten power. So, so I can't really give Najee Harris the hundred percent go ahead because Kyle Pitts is just like the things he's gonna do in Atlanta because they he not gonna see every team's best best player. It's gonna be like you almost have to put a corner out there on him. But I mean, can, and the can corner is too corner small. A corner is too small. Two forty. You can't. A really, corner is too small. Bro. Yeah, that corner gonna be yeah. fish food. That's gonna be so, ugly. So I mean. Uh, that's just that's just me. Um, who else is this comeback player of the year? I'm gonna go Saquon. That's the obvious pick this year. Saquon's gonna have a day, man. It's it's stuff that Saquon missed out on last year. He's gonna go get everything he missed last year. I thought Saquon had potential to be another Marshall Folk. Uh, I hope I said his name first first name right. I never say it right, but I, I think he had potential to be another Folk, and and it just it's just so happy he got injured last year. Right. Defensive player of the year, man. It, it's hard to give it to Aaron Donald because, like you said, they, I think voters fatigue is gonna st- come in. Like unless Aaron yeah, Donald true. does something crazy, and it's also hard to give it to Jalen Ramsey. Mind you, both players on Matthew Stafford's team, but I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm not gonna say nothing. But defensive player of the year, I'm honestly gonna have to go with. Man. Defensive player of the year is so tricky this year. It's a lot of good defenders this year, man. Ah. It really it, is. It really man, is. like, like it, it's like, I'm looking I mean, at, because I'm looking at it too, it's like four or five guys gifts that I can just be like, uh, uh. You know who I'm surprised is on this list for uh, guys who are favored to win defensive player of the year? Derwin James. I'm very surprised about this. Mm. Derwin James is a dog, but he ain't played in a minute. Right. Like, he ain't played in a hot minute. All right, bro. I'm going to go in my gut, bro. I'm going to go in my gut. Hey, he going to say T.J. Watt, Blanco. He for sure going to say T.J. Watt. Who, who you got? Uh, no, no, no. That's who I was stuck on because I don't want to say T.J. Watt not going to get it because I know he going to get it. But 
I'm gonna go Nick Bosa, bro. Really? I'm gonna go okay. Nick Bosa. Okay. I want to go T.J. Watt, but that's the obvious pick, and I feel like his health is like one of the biggest. Them Watt brothers just made a class. I don't know what it is. Them Watt brothers just don't be healthy, man. I don't know what. It is. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. He, the so I'm gonna go. Is yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Nick Bosa. Strictly off the fact that the 49ers are gonna have a comeback year. They had a down year last year, and I think I think Nick Bosa gonna 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 step up and help that team get a lot more wins than they should on the defensive side. Um, so. My other pick, I was stuck between T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, and I was also stuck between Jamal Adams because, you know, that Seahawks team is also on a revenge tour. So I couldn't really pick between the three of them. Jamal Adams is another one that I just like. Ugh, like, he's such a great defender. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? It's it's so interesting that people say all he can do is rush the passer as a safety, right? He No, he's just amazing at rushing the passer. In, in pass coverage, he was one of the highest rated safeties last year. And he has been consistently since he came into the league. Like I don't, I don't know who started that narrative of like, oh, he can't cover grass. But like, watch the film, watch the games. Maybe like, you will see when tight ends when he get on the tight end, you're in a torture chamber, buddy. Like that's, have hey, good luck having a day against him. All right, that's everybody. I got everybody right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm so me and you. We I've already said I agree with you on coach of the year. So then that takes me to my next joint, Rookie of the Year. I think it's going to be that guy, Trey, out there from San Francisco. Trey Lance? And not the one you're thinking. Trey Sermon, the running back. Let me tell you why. Hmm. Let me tell you why. The 49ers in that zone scheme are perfect for Trey Sermon. He literally ran it for basically five, no, four years. Every year he was at Oklahoma, they ran spread, all that in, in the shotgun, especially if you're not in a pistol situation, a majority of your runs are going to be zone runs. And then he goes to Ohio State, where he does more of what? Zone runs. Then he goes to San Francisco. The only difference now is you're getting pro-style zone runs instead of out the spread, which is even better because out of the spread, you can with a fair degree of accuracy. Oh, he's to the right of the quarterback? Well, of course, they aren't going to run zone to the right. They have to come back to the left. Yeah, they can run zone to the right every now and then, but it's just not good business to try to run zone straight downhill. It just doesn't work that well. So, Trey Sermon is a guy that I think if he – Trey Lance, I don't want to give him the nod only because I feel like they're going to start Jimmy G. And uh, if if he actually does come in, it'll be later on in the year. But with their running back rotation and how they use guys – I think Trey Trey Sermon as a short yardage back is going to have ridiculous numbers as far as touchdowns go. And I think later on in the season, he'll work his way into being the number one back. Finish with maybe 1,000, maybe 1,100 yards and 12, 13 touchdowns. It's going to be hard to not give it to him. Uh, my MVP. You know, somebody made an interesting point in the comments. They said there's only year three for Mahomes because I said that they're going to get voter fatigue, but like, it's still hard for me to believe that. And with Lamar Jackson, it's nothing he can do in the regular season. He's another guy. Nothing he can do in the regular season. We, Lamar Jackson is the first ever quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards, and he did it twice already. It's like, like Russ with the triple-double. Like at, Exactly. At the, it's like Russ with the triple-double. Like People are like, oh, yeah, that's normal. And like, no, it is not. It is not. Like That's, that's <laughs> not a thing. In the NFL last year, there were only nine 1,000-yard rushers, and he was one of them. In the last two years, there have only been like three guys who had 1,000 yards in both. He was one of them. So how like he doesn't finish first or second in voting for MVP every year? Interesting. But moving right along, um, I think that the MVP, <sighs> I'm sorry, but that even with the voter fatigue, I still think that they're going to do crazy enough stuff to where it's, it's going to be Mahomes or Lamar. That, that's who it got to be for me because it's, it's hard to go anywhere else other than those two. Defensive player of the year, the man with the very thick neck that rides horses down there in Tampa Bay, <laughs> Devin White. That man, is he, he plays on the defense where, of course, you got talent everywhere, but he shines the brightest out of all those stars. So I think that he'll definitely be in a situation where uh, he'll be looking to get some good consideration there. Comeback player of the year. <sighs> you know, 
I think I, I really I think that the 49ers have another year like they had a few years ago where they get really, really deep in the playoffs behind some really, really great young guys. And I think that Nick Bosa is going to be a guy that he's yeah, he's going to have to be a dude this year. If they want to this wanna year is going to be tough for defensive player of the year, though, man. This I year. agree. I yeah. agree. This is this is one of the toughest times. And I I, I tend to go away from defensive backs for defensive player of the year because you can avoid them. You can avoid like if Jalen Ramsey is on one side of the field, you hey, 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 five number five, <laughs> throw it to the other side. You can't there's nothing you can do for Aaron Donald. There's nothing you can do for Nick Bosa. There's nothing you can do for Joey Bosa. Like it's like, hey, um, so drop back, but roll to the other side. No, doesn't work like that. They're gonna be there. Yeah, they're gonna be there. So those are those are my picks. Uh I hope I think I got all of them. I think you didn't pick I, your, but, your Super Bowl winner though. Oh, my Super Bowl winner. My Super Bowl winner. Well, um, I I think that it's a rematch of Chiefs 49ers, and I think the Chiefs take it. I think the Chiefs take it. However, don't be surprised if the Ravens end up there. Don't be surprised. They got to get through us first. I think, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. (laughs) It's Ben Roethlisberger. Or or if Ben gets hurt, that Duck Hodges character is scary. I'm going to just ask you this one question. How many rings Lamar got? How many rings Ben got? How many years? How many seasons? How many years? That's all I'm gonna ask, man. That's all I'm gonna ask, man. That's that's like being like, how many? Who who got more rings, LeBron or Jason Tatum? Like, ladies and gentlemen, Um, John Morant has scored more points in the 2020s than Wilt Chamberlain. Better player? Seems obvious. Seems obvious. All I'm saying is, uh, this 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 situation to me, the AFC, the NFC. Is wide open because again, the Packers, the players don't like the front office, and that's always hard to win. You're always gonna have a hard time winning when the players in the front office have odds. Um, the Buccaneers, I think they're gonna have a little bit of Super Bowl drunkness, and and it's gonna be Tom Brady and the Patriots are used to winning a lot. The Buccaneers are not. They're not that. So they they're gonna have a tough time there. Um, Actually, I think my other pick, I thought Antonio Brown was going to be another comeback player of the year because I think this the year he'd get his mental together. But he so played I, all last year. So I don't, I don't think he can – I don't think he eligible to, to get it, is he? No, he missed – remember, he got signed late. He got signed late, but he fin- – oh, I don't know. I guess he could hmm. – I, I don't know the, I don't know, I don't know the rules. I'm going to be honest. I don't know the rules. Yeah, if he eligible. He got I, I signed. Remember, he got cut. Nobody was signing because he was going yeah. through all the legal stuff. Yeah. Then he signed with the Buccaneers near the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So Remember, I thought he, he was got, he got signed to the Pats and then he got cut and then oh yeah that was the year ago yeah yeah he got signed when Brady was still there so yeah that was a year ago but yeah that's unfortunate that's unfortunate well I mean he could he could he could but anywho I know y'all tired of us talking about uh, all this all these uh, NFL trophies but before we go we gotta let y'all know about our inaugural slander hotline it is what this uh, episode is named after and we don't have time to get to it today. Because we got, you know, we don't want to keep y'all here for all day and tomorrow. But our slander hotline, you can talk about any anybody involved in sports that you feel like needs to be slandered. Submit it to our DMs at Twitter. It, our Twitter handle is at facts over acts. Okay? That is our Twitter handle. So go on over there. Give us a follow if you haven't already followed us. And when you go, make sure that you uh, drop, a, drop in our DMs or even mention us telling us who deserves the slander and why. And if your slander is good enough, we will bring the points up on air next week, all right? So thank y'all so very much for coming out. I know y'all tired of us talking about slander and NFL awards and all that good stuff, but come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. I know you had enough. I know you had enough.